Friends, you are here for episode 58 of the Love Your People Well podcast. And especially if you are listening to this in real time, Merry Christmas. It is Christmas week. That is super fun, super exciting. I love the holidays, but I do know that a lot of our families struggle during the holiday season. And so I hope that our conversation today can be encouraging for you, maybe especially if you're dealing with family conflict and stress or grief and and all of the all the pain that can sometimes come with the holidays. Uh, it's a very nostalgic season, and for many of us, that's wonderful, and for some of us, it's a lot less so. But it is a time of year, whether we love it or we struggle through it, when we should be thinking, maybe even more than usual, about Jesus, the baby that was born in the manger, who grew up, who was the savior of the world, who rose from the dead, who is still alive today, sitting at the right hand of God, sitting because his work is finished and he is there advocating for us every moment until he returns and he brings us into the fullness of eternal life. I mean, my friends, if that is not something to celebrate, regardless of what your family situation looks like, then there really is nothing to celebrate. It is all about Jesus. And that's why today we are going to take a look at nine lessons that we can get from Jesus' life about how we can and should love our people well, even today in the modern world. Sometimes I think we read the Bible and we kind of struggle because the life that Jesus led, the culture he was in is so different from our modern world today. But the reality is Jesus shows us exactly the type of life that God wants us to live. He shows us how to have godly relationships. He shows us how to be grateful and filled with grace. And so we're going to look at nine Bible lessons, specific places in scripture, where we can take a lesson for our lives today and be encouraged about how to love our people well. So let's dive in, friends. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Well, as we dig into the pages of scripture to take away some lessons about how to love our people by looking at how Jesus loved his people when he was here on earth, as well as how he continues to love us, to love the church, to love his bride today. Before we jump into these nine Bible lessons, I wanted to to mention two resources that will really help you in the new year if you have a goal somehow related to spiritual growth. Because the best way for us to grow spiritually, to build intimacy with the Lord, to feel confident in his presence and in his promises, is to spend time in the Bible and to spend time in prayer. So my friend, if you struggle with either of those, uh, let me just offer these two resources before we jump in today. The first is a free resource from Love Your People Well called the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. 
It's 45 days of um, selected Bible readings. It'll take you through all the big stories of the Bible, questions to get you thinking about and engaging with God's word, feeling more confident about what he's saying, as well as some specific prayer prompts to make sure that you are feeling comfortable going to God in prayer and that you're finding that time meaningful. So you will find a link to the Holy Habits in the podcast description, or you can always go online to the full show notes, which is at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 058. And then the second resource that I want to mention with that is um, the Hope Planner, which is the daily planner that I use because, specifically because, it combines the daily planner, you know, what's my to-do list, what's my schedule, with a prayer journal. It specifically makes sure I'm prioritizing that time in the word, that time in prayer. I'm not forgetting these important spiritual components of my life and my, my people, my family. So I just wanted to put those two resources out there. You can find the links, um, hop onto my website, Love Your People Well, or right here in the podcast description, I will make sure to put those links for you. Now, let me also remind you, (laughs) if you've listened to this podcast the last few weeks, um, I have like a Christmas wish that you can help me out with. (laughs) I would love to wrap up 2021 with 21 written podcast reviews inside Apple Podcasts. So if you have not left a podcast review yet, hop on into Apple You scroll about halfway down the show page and you'll see the ratings and reviews section. There's a little hyperlink there. Write a review. I would love to get your feedback on how this podcast is helpful for you, um, questions or topics that you would love for me to cover, anything you want to say there. I would love to hit 21 written reviews by the end of the year. That would be super encouraging and fun for me. So just putting it out there. If you are done Christmas shopping and you want to encourage Jessica Hayes, now is your chance. Leave that podcast review. That would be awesome. And then, oh yes, my usual disclaimer, I'm a therapist. This podcast is not therapy. There's a link in the podcast description for more of my thoughts about counseling and mental health. Okay, my friends, let's jump in to these nine lessons from Jesus's life about how we today in the modern world can love our people well. So lesson one is that we need to have, if we want to love our people well, we need to have a heart of humility toward the people in our life. Even our kids, even people who maybe we don't get along with very well at church or um, extended family members, in-laws, Philippians chapter two has a really famous passage um, basically saying, hey, everybody, be humble like Jesus is humble. And then it goes on to describe how he gave up the glory of heaven to come down to earth, to live among us. We need to have that same heart of humility to not think of ourselves as better than other people. Yes, we might have more knowledge about some things than other people, maybe especially our kids (laughs) when they're little. Uh, We might have more wisdom. We might have talents in a particular area. But all of that is a gift from the Lord. We don't have it because we somehow magically earned it or worked our way into it, but because the Lord has blessed us in that way. So if you want to love your people well this week at Christmas time in the new year, strive for a heart of humility. And maybe I'll add a little practical (laughs) action step there. How do we do that? We can't simply tell ourselves, okay, Jessica, be humble. 
But what we can do is pray and ask the Lord to give us a heart of humility. And we can make sure that we are intentionally and quickly confessing our own sins to the Lord and many times even to our people, our kids, our husbands, our friends, especially if we have hurt them, we need to be going back, confessing that, apologizing for that. Those are two um, practical steps we can take toward cultivating and developing a heart of humility. The second lesson that we see from scripture is that we need to act in ways that serve and help the people around us, the people that we love. And probably the best example of this in Jesus's life was the night uh, of the Last Supper. So it's the night before he's going to be betrayed and crucified and killed. And he washes his disciples' feet. I mean, that was such a such a lowly, like the bottom of the servants <laughs> would be the one doing that. And nobody asked Jesus to. He did it willingly. And his disciples, I mean, clearly, if you read the passage, like they felt uncomfortable. They didn't like it. They were like, what are you doing? I don't want you to do this. Because they knew that Jesus was humbling himself to serve them in such an incredible way. And Jesus calls us to do the same. If you want to have great relationships, serve your people, help your people. Wake up every day and try to think about, okay, what's one thing I can do today that's going to help the people I love? And maybe a little asterisk there. That includes you, my friend. Make sure that you have space in your life. It might be very brief if life is super busy, but make sure that you're doing things that help you, that you make your life a little bit easier or a little bit more enjoyable, that refresh you. Don't think that by serving others, you're um, erasing any time or opportunity or appropriateness of taking care of yourself. We need to love ourselves while we are loving the people around us. The third Bible lesson um, that came out to me as I was praying and thinking about how do we love as Jesus loved is to spend intentional time with our people, to live life with them. There's several different, I mean, Jesus had his 12 main disciples and several of them. We read the story in the Gospels about how Jesus called them to be his disciples. And for every one of them, basically it boiled down to Jesus saying, come and follow me. He spoke to larger groups of disciples throughout the Gospels, telling them again and again, you need to be willing to leave your life, your family, your work, everything you have behind you and come with me. And he literally, especially for the 12, he literally lived life with them. They slept in the same houses. They walked together on the road. They ate their meals together. And we need to be intentional in the busy, busy, busy world we live in today to spend that same sort of time with our people, especially our families. We cannot let our children be an excuse for not getting quality time with our husbands. And we cannot let our busy schedule and all the extracurriculars and all the homework and all the volunteer stuff be an excuse for not having quality time with our kids. We need to live life, not just next to our people sitting on the couch together or sitting in the car together. We need to live life by sharing our experiences together. Number four, we need to love our people sacrificially. 
1 John, which is a short little letter toward the end of the Bible, is very, very clear about what love is. This is how we know what love is. It is that Christ died for us. It says that several times in the New Testament in various ways. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And it's pretty rare, especially in the modern Western world, that we would be called on to actually die for our husband, our kids, our our people. But there are so many ways that we can sacrifice day in and day out to show them that we love them. And again, that does not mean we're sacrificing our mental health and our emotional wellness. It does not mean that we are a doormat for them to run over. It means that we try to put their preferences ahead of our preferences. It means that we get up in the middle of the night when we don't want to, to care for our children. It means that we turn off the TV show that we're really wanting to binge on or relax on or zone out during so that we can let our husband tell us about his crappy day at work. It means that we're going to sacrifice some things that we want so that we can prefer them. That is a huge way of how we love our people well. Okay, lesson number five that we see in scripture is that we need to expect sin and trouble to be a part of our relationships and our lives. That is the reality of of any relationship uh, with your friends, with your husband, even with yourself. You're going to let yourself down sometimes. You're going to sin in ways that make your life harder. We live in a broken world and we see Jesus dealing with this many times, but especially at the end of his life. He was betrayed by someone he considered one of his closest friends. And then all those other close friends ran away, left him, abandoned him while he was in the biggest trial, the most painful experience of his life. And we can also expect that our sin and the sin of the people we love, our husband, our kids, they are sinners just like we are. And all of that is going to create some trouble and some pain in our relationships. So having that realistic expectation that no matter how wonderful that guy is that you married, no matter how cute your newborn baby is when you get home, no matter how incredible your friends are and how thoughtful they are, no matter how biblically grounded your pastor is, everyone you have a relationship with, sin and some pain and some suffering are going to be a part of it somehow, some way. Which leads us directly into lesson six, is that we need to know that forgiveness will be required if we are going to love our people well. And I'll say alongside that, forgiveness will be impossible without God, without his help, without his Holy Spirit reminding us of what Jesus has already done, reminding us and filling us with the grace of God. That is how we handle the sin and the trouble in our relationships. We lean on God, we give it to him, and we pursue forgiveness. And I know those are not the fun parts of our relationships. They're not the fun parts of loving our people well, but they're absolutely going to be required. We need to have some realistic expectations and we need to work toward and be intentional about forgiveness or else we're never going to have long lasting, healthy, enjoyable, meaningful, fun relationships. 
Okay, lesson seven is to pray for the people that you love. And that sounds super obvious. Of course, we should pray for our people. But I would encourage you to go back and reread um, the chapters in the Gospel of John of his of Jesus's discussion with his disciples right before he gets betrayed and he goes to the cross. So this is chapters 14, 15, 16 in the Gospel of John, which is basically a long prayer that Jesus is sharing. He's saying it out loud for the benefit of his disciples praying for himself, praying for his disciples, praying for future disciples, which includes us. What a wonderful picture for us of how to pray for the people that we love, not to mention a reminder of some great theological truths and promises that we can cling to today when we are struggling. Actually, one of my all-time favorite verses is in John 16, verse 33, like right at the end of the chapter where Jesus tells his disciples, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And we need to pray for our husbands. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for ourselves, not just confessing our sin and asking for God's forgiveness and grace, but praying for the fruit of the Spirit to be alive and and growing in us. We need to pray for compassion and kindness and honesty and all of the qualities that God wants us to have. We need to pray for our own spiritual growth, our own growing knowledge of the Lord. If you don't have an intentional plan for how you're praying, (laughs) you're going to struggle to pray consistently and to pray deeply for your people. And you might have been doing this for so long that it's not really a, a plan anymore. It's just a habit. And that is awesome. But let me again remind you of those two resources that really help me pray consistently and deeply for my people. Um, which is a free resource of the Holy Habits, 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Um, I have kind of morphed that for myself. I now have like note cards. I write out prayers for my people. So especially when I'm feeling stuck or dry or I'm in a hurry, I can pull it out and know this is a scripture-filled, meaningful prayer. As well as the Hope Planner, which I use in my daily quiet time um, to remember and jot down confession and praise and prayer and have those specific things throughout the week that I'm praying for. But praying for the people you love is one of the best ways that we can love our people well. And we sometimes say that almost like in passing, you know, you meet a friend at church and you're chatting and they're struggling about something and we say, oh, well, I'll pray for you. And we all think of that as kind of a cop out, like I don't really have anything to offer. There's no way that I can help, but I'll pray for you. But the reality of prayer, my friends, is that that is the most important thing, the most powerful thing that we can do for that friend, but for anyone who we care about. Because prayer is coming before the holy God of the universe, the one who is actually in control of everything, the one whose plans are perfect and good and interceding for our people laying them, their problems, their situations before the Lord and pleading for his intervention, for his goodness, for his grace to be poured out on them. That is a powerful way to love our people. Okay, let's look at number eight. If you want to love your people well today, when life is busy, life is uh, chaotic, it's very modern, it's changing every year, put God first. 
and obey his commands, even if your loved ones disagree. Now, we could get into a discussion about what submission looks like between husbands and wives. I mean, that's a whole conversation for a different day. (laughs) But we clearly see Jesus himself putting God first and doing what God wants him to do, even when his disciples were there saying, "Uh, no, that's not what we should do. There's that, I didn't look up the the actual reference, but somewhere in the Gospels, um, you know, there's that time when parents were bringing their children to Jesus and the disciples are turning them away and saying, no, 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 you know, don't bother the teacher. He's too busy. And he says, no, bring the little children to me. And there's other times where <laughs> I think it's Peter um, is, is basic when Jesus is predicting his death. He's saying, you know, we're going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. That's basically what he's saying. And Peter says, no, stop talking like that. And Jesus doesn't, he doesn't engage with that at all. He just says, get behind me, Satan. Now that is a powerful statement to one of your best friends who is eventually going to be the rock of the church. Jesus did not negotiate about who was first in his life. He did not hide it. He did not compromise it. He put God first and he did what God wanted him to do, even when the people around him didn't understand it didn't agree with it, tried to go a different direction, abandoned him and ran away. He did not stray from the path that God had for him. Now we know that we will never do that perfectly because we are broken, because we are sinners. So even with the Holy Spirit in us, we're still going to struggle to do this perfectly. But if we want to love our people well today, we need to put God first. That's actually why the four pillars of this podcast are love God, love yourself, love your family, and love others. And God is first on that list for a reason. And actually, they're all in order for a reason. Maybe that'll be a different conversation on a different day. But we have to put God first, and we have to take care of ourselves, and we have to love the people who are closest to us if we're ever going to make a difference in our community or our church or the world around us. So that's lesson eight, put God first, obey his commands, put his plans and his purposes at the front of your to-do list, of your schedule, of your calendar. And our last lesson that I want to point out for us all is that we need to worship God together with our people. Now, this usually is our family, our husband, our kids, We see Jesus doing this all the time. The Last Supper is probably the best example. They're singing hymns together. They're sharing life together. They're worshiping God together. And we can do that so many different ways today. Singing to God together, um, teaching our kids, or maybe working together to lead a Sunday school class or to be a part of a mission trip, reading the Bible together out loud with our people, praying out loud with our people, serving together at church or in the community, worshiping God, not just alone as an individual, but together with your people, your family, your friends, your church. That is how we model. That's not how we model. That's how we follow the model that Jesus gave us. And those are the nine lessons that I wanted to highlight today as we approach Christmas about how we can look at what Jesus did and how he lived and how he loved 
and pull away ideas for how we should love our people. So let me recap these nine lessons before we wrap up and wish each other a very Merry Christmas. Have a heart of humility toward the people in your life. Act in ways that serve and help these people. Spend intentional time living life with them. Love sacrificially. Expect sin and trouble and pain to be a part of your relationships and know that forgiveness will be required and is possible with God's help. Pray for the people you love. Put God first and obey his commands, even if the people that you care about don't seem to understand or agree. And worship God together. And that's all I have for you today, my friends. So grab those resources. You can get the full show notes and, and all of my recommendations and ideas online at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 058. And our little Friday faith follow-up, we will have that episode on Friday, which will be Christmas Eve. <laughs> so feel free to tune back in for that. We're going to take a look at the famous I am declarations that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. We're not just thinking about the baby in the manger. We're thinking about who is this guy? Why do we care about this baby? What did he actually do and say is true about himself? I mean, it's amazing stuff. So tune back in if Christmas Eve doesn't work for you. That's the beauty of podcasting. It'll be available in the new year or whenever your schedule allows. But until then, my friends, Merry Christmas if I don't catch up with you in the Friday Faith follow-up, and hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.